Thank you for tuning into Sochcast. We hope you enjoy this uninterrupted listening experience. But before that, please do listen to these messages that come from those that support your favorite show. Raj Naik's talk show Fridays Live features high-profile guests from various walks of life who engage in a free-flowing and inspiring chat with him. Welcome to Fridays Live with me Raj Naik. On this live chat we bring to you guests from different walks of life whose journeys have been inspiring. My guest is one such person. She is the UN Goodwill Ambassador for Environment. She advocates for animal protection, saving the children, and also she has been a part of the Swachh Bharat Mission. She has got a very interesting background, and uh, I wouldn't be doing justice if I tell you about it. So we are going to have her speak about her journey, and uh, she needs no introduction. Please welcome my dear friend, Dia Mirza. Dia, thank you for being on this live chat. Thank you, Raj, for having me. I'm so happy you're having these conversations. Um, it's interesting that you didn't mention that I'm an actor. <laughs> actor, producer, and the ever smiling. <laughs> but this you is know what happens when you're not an experienced person. No, no, no. I think this has happened by default. It's actually interesting because I feel like um, so much of my journey now yeah. has become about. uh work in environmental protection wildlife protection sustainable development goals um and i'm so selective about the acting work that i do uh so it's uh, it's natural i feel for people to associate me more with all of that work than perhaps being just an actor but i've completed 20 years in the film industry Wow. So what we are going to do is we are going to go back 20 years back <laughs> and start right from your childhood. And uh, so that, that would be a little longer than 20. <laughs> that uh, that will be a little longer I, of, of of course, of course that will be long. Uh so so let me ask you a question. I mean, uh let's start with where were you born? I was born in Hyderabad in 1981 on the 9th of December. my mother describes it as uh, a miracle because uh, my parents had been told had been told that they can't have children and my mother was i think had prayed long and hard so after some 7 years of marriage she finally discovered that she had conceived and i was born premature in the 8th month on a very cold december evening and um every time i felt down and out my mother's kind of reminded me of the story because she says the day i was born i learned how to fight and survive so i'm a born fighter survivor uh so apparently the electricity had gone off in the uh, nursing home and because i was premature my mother delivered me alone nobody was expecting me to arrive so no one was around my father was away in delhi conducting workshops so my mother had to go and check herself alone and deliver me and apparently a few years a few hours after i was born the electricity in the hospital had gone off and 
my mother started to feel a little anxious because i was in you know the pre like whatever the special uh, prenatal whatever that natal icu is in an incubator so she went to check on me and apparently there was no electricity and the incubators had gone off and i turned blue so she apparently she so sweetly you know relates like the uh, narrates the story she says she pulled me out she rubbed my hands and my feet and wrapped me up in a uh, blanket and went to the reception and threw the money on the reception and stormed out of the hospital <laughs> and took me home and didn't step out of the house for one whole year until she knew that i was healthy and safe and i would be okay yeah you are a fighter I mean, there's no doubt about it <laughs> so let me ask you i mean are you the only only child yes i am you spoke about your mother and uh, your father so can you tell me a little bit about them it's interesting so i've grown up in a mixed racial mixed cultural kind of background my father was german he uh, traveled to india in the 70s to on invitation from max miller bhavan to conduct workshops for teachers so he was doing that across the country he was an artist a graphic design uh, graphic designer industrial fair designer he did architecture he designed furniture uh, but he was predominantly invited to india to uh, do workshops with teachers to train them to be better teachers and work better with children and interestingly enough i don't know how life just kind of ties everything back in raj the focus of his uh thought or the or what he was trying to convey through his workshops with teachers was to ensure engagement of nature with children so take kids out make sure they're interacting with nature because nature sparks curiosity True. and curiosity is what leads to creativity and only in creativity can there be true learning um and my mother uh met him and uh, she was learning german at maxmilla bhavan and they met at a party and my father apparently fell madly in love with her pursued her married they married each other and like i said they were married for 7 years until i was born and when i was about 4 and a half 5 years old they separated both of them remarried my mother married uh, a gentleman by the name of ahmed mirza whose surname i've taken on and uh, he was also a remarkably beautiful human being um promised my father that he would never take his place and so he you know he was kind of determined to be my best friend he was wonderful with me um and i think it was only when i lost my biologic biological father when i was 9 or 10 did my stepfather kind of step in and start assuming a more parental role uh and i loved growing up in his home it was beautiful we had um every comfort we could possibly want we had a front yard a courtyard a backyard full of fruit trees uh i have vivid memories of playing kabaddi and cricket and climbing trees and uh scraping knees by falling off the mango tree <laughs> uh flying kites on on rooftops and going off for long drives with him so he used to be uh, he used to fight for properties and and land that had been in litigation so he used to help people 
uh, resolve litigations and so he would take me on these long drives to these far out plots for me to see and all the way there we would talk about different things plants trees animals the world the black hole space uh, astronomy he 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 was a man of many interests very very engaging and interesting to talk to and i remember when i was growing up telling him that i want to be a lawyer and i want to fight cases so he would be he would say what cases do you want to fight so i would be like i think i want to be a criminal lawyer or maybe a human rights lawyer and work with the united nations and um well as we all know i didn't do law i went for the miss india uh and uh, the rest is history but interestingly enough i'm working with the un now and i am working in in a way for human rights so i guess some dreams do come true even if they don't come true in the form that you imagine them to yeah that's that's very interesting i mean uh both your father and your stepfather i mean they had something to do with the environment and uh, some way or the other and they believed in it and uh, here you are so my question to you is so you were you grew up in hyderabad right yeah i left hyderabad when i was 17 and a half to take part in the miss india and then after i won the miss india i never really went back so i've been living in mumbai since i was 18 pretty much on my own until i had my mother join me after my father passed away which was when i was 23 so uh, mirza is uh, so where your parents uh, because in those days going for a miss india or you know doing going for a pageant wasn't uh, it was like uh, depends right people were a little conservative i mean did your parents by any chance try to stop you or my mother stopped right because she thought she rightfully so she thought it was too early i was too young and that i needed to complete my education my father on his part was was determined that i go because he thought that it would offer me a whole new life skill i'd never been away from home i'd never lived away from home or done anything independently uh so he was keen that i go and kind of gain this experience i was also in a very bad relationship um so i think in many ways my father hoped that this going away to bombay would get me out of this relationship <laughs> so he convinced my mother to let me go and uh i'm glad i did because you know honestly i wasn't one of those kids raj who grew up uh, imagining that i would be miss india or fantasizing uh, about a life in you know the glamour and the beauty industry uh, so to speak it was always about the arts and creativity and performance and connection and all of that even though consciously i never thought i want to be an actor because you you know when you're not raised in that environment you don't necessarily think like that right i was a part of every school play uh, drama and education were like my favorite uh, uh things to do but i was dancing to madhuri dikshit and shri devi songs uh performing at uh, my our man friday's uh, daughter's wedding <laughs> so i did all of that but never consciously said i want to grow up to be an actor so when miss india happened it was really about just breaking free getting out of a situation 
or a circumstance that at the time was uh, limiting me uh, and uh, just to see where it would take me and it was it was amazing how what a paradigm shift occurred you know everything changed literally overnight and that year i think is special in more ways than one because the contestants were amazing uh all three of us lara priyanka and i went on to win our international pageants we had an exceptional run for india that year and the media kind of really put us up on a pedestal You're listening to a Sojcast original. original. After this, browse a lineup on the Sojcast app. Maybe another Soj will capture your imagination there. Now let's get back to this Sojcast. So how did how, how did Miss India happen in the sense how did you decide to apply for Miss? I didn't apply. Okay. Uh so I was um on a lark I was doing some modeling assignments. and uh, i used to take the overnight bus from bangalore to uh, from hyderabad to bangalore to do these uh, modeling assignments print campaigns mostly like with lipton uh, yellow label tea or quality walls ice cream just these brands where they just needed some good print photography and uh, uh, the photographer who i worked very closely with called me one day and said you know uh, bombay times is doing this feature on the women of the millennium and they saw some of your pictures and they want to know whether you'll come by uh, this will be foc of course you won't be paid but will you come over they'll pay for your bus uh, ticket and your hotel stay come and do like seven pictures representing the different facets of the women of the millennium so i said okay i'll come and i went and we did the shoot and while we were doing the shoot i got talking with a journalist and she was like how old are you and i said i'm 16 and a half i'll be 17 soon and she was like what you travel alone by bus from hyderabad to bangalore to shoot here i said yes and i have a job what job are you doing aren't you in college so i said yeah i am in junior college but i also work part time at this multimedia studio called dr neeraj's multimedia studios where we sell uh ad space so it's a touch screen kiosk like the yellow pages and my job is to go out and convince companies to sell ad space on this kiosk that's interesting i get paid <laughs> as a marketing executive for this job and and aside from that i part time model as well which is why i'm here and she was like she said i have to do an interview with you so I was a nobody, and I was doing this interview with this journalist. She printed the interview very sweetly, along with the whole photo picture that was done by the Times of India. And I think uh, Times of India Bombay saw that, and Pradeep Guha, who was traveling to Hyderabad at the time for selections for the girls who had applied from Hyderabad, asked the Hyderabad office to find out whether I would be interested. in participating that year wow so i actually got invited and i went met him and i think my height was like a quarter inch less than what was required yeah you can say everything now they can't disqualify you anymore <laughs> but they let me in all the way all the same and they were like no it's okay because at that time i think you needed to be 5 7 to qualify to participate and i am 5 6 and a little something so 
that's how it happened i got uh i got invited and uh raja remember going back home and telling mama that you know because i grew up with a friend who was obsessed with the miss india you know she used to love it and she would have dreams of wearing the crown and you know being miss india and every year she would watch every single contest and she had her favorites and all of that and i saw the kind of inspiration and love that she had for it and um, i felt very lucky that it had come to me you know and um, yeah i'm glad my parents let me go what would you have done if uh, miss india had been happened what would you have done would you have pursued law like you said i think i would have for sure um because i'd already started kind of visiting different law schools i'd gone to the bangalore law school to check out the campus understand the um you know the entire system there and the faculty and everything uh, that was definitely a dream but you know raj i was in this uh, like i said i was in this very strange relationship i was in a relationship with a boy who was much older than me and he was very aggressive and very abusive and my parents were terrified that you know i would continue to be in a relationship with this person and they really more than anything else just wanted me to get out so that my my perspective and my confidence and everything would kind of help me make the better choice which was to not be in this relationship so i had that boy to thank <laughs> and god knows maybe i would have still been in that relationship god knows i hope not i really hope not <laughs> obviously when you get out and you know you have a broader view of life and the outlook changes from being in one place and like you said your confidence level so when you moved to bombay i mean uh, what the times provide you an accommodation or something i mean did they host you or i mean no, not at that time we didn't have any of that luxury or privilege uh we had to save up bring our own money find our own accommodation uh plan our finances in a way where we could kind of fund our transport on a daily basis fund all the things that we needed which is like whether it was makeup and hair equipment or clothes that we needed for the various you know events that happened and the all of that and i remember a very sweet lady called Sharon who used to work with Mohammad Khan who's my father's childhood friend the owner of Enterprise Nexus yeah yeah his uh, employee a lady who worked with him in his office Sharon very sweetly uh, gave me a room in her apartment at Kafpur to stay so i used to stay at Sharon's house and there were two other girls who would travel from south bombay to khar santa cruz in one old government school in santa cruz are rehearsals and training would happen so hemant trivedi and noinika chatterjee were doing our training program in the school and we would kind of depending on how much money we had left and what like how our the time that we had to get in time to our training program we would either take the local train or jump into a taxi together but it was a fascinating experience because for the first time i learned to live on my own manage my finances um and just understand how to navigate myself through everything you know and and make choices in the moment so it was a very very interesting experience 
Which year was this? This was 1999, November. <clears throat> 9 November. So December 1999, the preliminary contest happened, and then in January 2000, which was the millennium, our Miss India happened. I'm just trying to visualize because I have all friends in Times of India. Pradeep is a very dear friend. Yeah. That time there was Rohit Gopakumar, if I remember, and yeah. uh, and also you know for me when you Kumar used to do this big amazing set. You know, Raj, we had the most incredible performers at our Miss India. We had Enigma perform. I remember. I, I remember. Do you remember that? That it was insane. And then all the Miss Indias who had ever won international titles were brought in that day. So there was Ashwarya Rai, Sushmita Sen, Diana Hayden, Yukta Mukhi. Uh, just about all of them because it was the new millennium, right? It was like that big year, so it was interesting. Uh, I also have a some kind of a association with uh, Miss India because when I was with Star TV, and for the first time we broadcast Femina Miss India live on Star Plus. Yeah. Those I'm talking about, maybe this was '94 or '95. As was a live broadcast. Yes. Oh, so, so maybe. I don't think it was Star Ayer. I think it was Sony. Yeah, it must have moved. And then when I came to, uh, so I have a little bit of. Uh, then we tried to broadcast it, did a bit of Hindi and things like that. You're listening to a Sojcast original. Original. After this, browse our lineup on the Sojcast app. Maybe another Soj will capture your imagination there. Now let's get back to this Sojcast. What's your relationship with Lara and Priyanka? Oh, it's, uh, with Priyanka, it's it's like there's a lot of warmth and respect, but uh, our lives are very far removed. You know, there's just been very very limited interaction over the years. But with Priya, with Lara, it's very different. You know, we're neighbors. We live very close to each other. Um, we've been. A very integral part of each other's lives. So every important occasion, we're there for each other. Every horrible thing that happens <laughs> in our lives is there for each other. Um, it's been, it's, 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 it's a very deep, very beautiful friendship, and I really value it, Raj, because after we won uh, for the first uh, three to six months before I went to my international pageant. I actually stayed with Lara in like an apartment which was the size of a matchbox. But I we re- I really valued that because just being able to um, have that space with her, learn from her, and just be comfortable and protected by her, um, it, it was it was just really nice. I mean, she was obviously more experienced than us because she had kind of won uh, a pageant before, and she was. Uh, uh, I mean, she had other modeling experiences and she'd already been living in Bombay for a while on her own. So I learned a lot about just figuring myself out from her. Wonderful. What an interesting story. So, so how did movies happen then? Movies, I think, were like a natural progression because the moment you win Miss India, offers start coming. I was but not uh, true anymore. Not true anymore, but at the time that did happen. And uh, I remember one of the first few calls we got in Hyderabad on the landline was from Mr. Rajkumar Santoshi. He was making a film called Lajja and he really wanted to cast me. 
and I had to say no because I was pre- preparing to go for the international pageant. And uh, then the parts called. Uh, so I started getting these offers, and it was interesting because I think that's when I consciously started to think of having a career in film. And uh, as soon as I won the Miss Asia Pacific, and I came back to India, and I'd done the the work that needed to be done around that win, I jumped into film filming. I was um, signed up by Vashu Bhagnani for three films, and I started workshops with Feroz Abbas Khan Saab. and um, even before i had finished my workshops i was put on a flight and sent off to south africa to shoot a film that somebody else was supposed to do but ditched the producer last minute so i had to like fill in so it's uh, it's all been very interesting actually i was thrown right into the deep end without any prep prep i mean very very literally no prep So, what would you say was your high? Has been your highest moments, or your lowest moments in this journey so far? I think my highest moments have been winning the Miss India and winning the Miss Asia Pacific. Um, watching my first film release, uh, or even like that high of seeing your first billboard. It's it's something else. It, it's actually the first time when you step back and you say. Oh my God! So this is where I am. This is what's going to happen. Um, the high of producing my first film and acting in it, and and watching the movie with audiences in the theater, uh, and the, the the high of then being a part of good stories that connect with audiences. But uh, yeah, the high of your first film. the high of making your own movie and watching it and knowing that oh my god i can make this happen the, those are just unmatched uh the lows are very personal raj because they're it's a you know it's an industry that has that kind of puts a lot of pressure on you it's also kind of uh there's so much expectation and uh so much kind of dependent on what other people perceive about you so when you're younger those things can really get to you uh i remember being very very hurt and very very frazzled when i used to read like um stories that either kind of uh linked me with my co-actors or my directors and obviously there's no truth to it it used to really trouble me um or if a film failed i used to take that very very personally because i don't think people viewed it as a failure of a film you you they just instantly attributed it to your failure as as your failure and became like a very personal thing so those things used to be very tough yeah so if today but more so when i was younger not so much anymore with all this experience if today there are young uh people like you who want to you know who want to get into film industry or in, into the glamour industry i mean what would you tell them what are the few things that you would tell them it's a very tough life and it's not glamorous at all it's a lot of hard work there's a lot of pressure and uh, it's 
it's a very competitive space because there's only that much work that happens and there are only that many people who can do that work uh so you have to be i would say what would really help and i believe that it would have perhaps helped me tremendously even though i'm i'm not ungrateful for any of the opportunities that came my way i think i was very lucky but if i had come to the job better prepared as an actor more skilled uh, as opposed to having learned on the job because i don't think this generation has the luxury of learning on the job like we did uh i think it's it it's a huge advantage if you come with the skill sets that are required so study cinema be behind the camera even if you want to be in front of the camera learn how films are made uh it really helps and whatever platform whether you want to work in film or theater or television or whatever medium um it it's a huge advantage to know the craft well so study the craft know it well that's the only advice i would give and then just kind of be audacious and authentic audacious and authentic and you also produced your own stuff right how did that happen uh that happened i think i'd finished doing lagero munna bhai and parinita and some other films and uh i had got a sense of the method and the madness i'd worked with interesting people who really put a lot of thought and time into how a story is told and uh i was very frustrated as an actor i felt like i wasn't really getting the opportunities that i could deliver to and i wanted to tell a certain kind of story with a certain kind of aesthetic and um that's when i decided that i'll do it myself and uh, how many have you produced so far one two three three three, three films yeah and lots of advertising work and some wonderful anthems for the country including india's first wild anthem which i'm very proud of that's permanently pinned to my twitter handle oh i must go and watch it and listen that's to it quite lovely it's beautiful to watch and listen to Okay, I'm going to do that. Just after this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go and watch it, listen to it, and I'm going to repeat. What What's your view on web series and all this OTT stuff that's going on now? It's amazing. I feel like uh, the world of web has made the process of storytelling more democratic. I've done my finest, my life's finest work for OTT. Uh, I did a show called Kafir, which was beautiful. Uh, the writing is just absolutely fantastic. so fantastic that it's made my life really difficult because now whatever comes my way i kind of <laughs> evaluate that from the quality of the writing from where i'm i've just kind of come i'm coming away from um and it's been for me personally as an artist it was like life altering to get the opportunity to play the part that i do in kafir uh to stand for what the story does to be able to convey it with absolutely no fear because i i don't think i consciously thought of it when i said yes to doing the show but it was while we were filming that one of the ads said it's very brave of you to play a pakistani woman in india right now and i was like really uh i never perceived her 
as a Pakistani. I've always only perceived her as a woman who is stuck across a border, wanting to go back home. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're telling some really brave stories, stories that were not being able to be told before because of all kinds of conditioning. But also, I think the box office creates a whole different pressure on producers and this. There's many things you need to kind of bring checks and balances to. I also think that OTTs have OTT has given a whole new lease of life to artists. There's so many wonderful actors out there who we're getting to watch now who are not necessarily from mainstream cinema or like you know have been big stars or anything. They're just incredible talent, and these shows are doing so well and so nice to watch it. You know whether it's a scam or. even directors and storytellers who you know not been able to tell their stories for cinema are now finally telling their stories on ott and they're thriving they're doing so well it's it's really good to see yeah i think uh, you're right you know when you say that uh, it has democratized content yeah and it has democratized opportunities for people as well yeah and i really hope it stays that way because there is a tendency for things to change the moment power shifts right and i do see i'm beginning to sense that suddenly now ott is in a very powerful space because big screens you know people are not really going to big screens and theater releases are have reduced or whatever uh so you 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 get to see a bit of a change in the way ott is functioning Yeah, but also the way I would like to look at it is, uh, you know, when you had multiplexes, then you had quality cinema, a lot of cinemas that came in, uh, which probably couldn't have, uh, wouldn't be able to release it if it was, you know, only in single screens. I think one of the thing with OTT is it's not a Friday collection, right? It's a, it's, it's, and they have the algorithm and they know uh, it's not the star power or something. It's the Content. content that's going to matter the story that's going to matter and i think so i i don't think it'll shift uh, in, initially there may be movies yes uh, when you are you know buying movies for ott initially you will want to uh, drive subscription so you may tag yourself to some big stars and things like that but over a period of time i think in fact i think it will get more democratized that is my view i hope so i hope you're right because the sense that i'm getting awfully No, there is that that transition is there because suddenly uh, what has happened is theaters have shut down, so all movies that were produced or in line suddenly they all reached out to the OTT and they were big names. So that's there, but I think over a period of time that scenario will change. It may happen that still there will be movies that will go direct to OTT, and that could be a new model that may. And that's not a bad thing at all. I think that's a very good thing. But yeah, but but I think uh, the the beauty about OTT. all these platforms is that there isn't limited theaters as such it's only budgets right so they can accommodate as many as they want and they will want variety they will want all kinds of stuff so i think uh, uh, i i'm a firm believer that's the way it will go i hope so because this has actually been the nicest thing um and i really hope it doesn't change You're listening to a Sojcast original. original. After this, browse our lineup on the Sojcast app. Maybe another Soj will capture your imagination there. Now let's get back to the Sojcast. Let's move away from glamour to 
all the good work you are doing in the social area i wouldn't call you i don't know whether social activist or whatever you know uh, but uh, you're doing some work on environment you're doing and i i keep seeing that your twitter is usually speaking about wastage and this and that you know everything to and i've seen you uh, focusing a lot of uh, wildlife and things like that so but i know you told me that your father and your stepfather both uh, influenced you in this area but how did this happen how did you end up becoming a un goodwill ambassador i think um, so raj one of the by products of being a miss india is that you tend to you get the opportunity to work with a lot of non government organizations so very early in my career i was working with a lot of ngos and a large i mean uh, so and a big part of that was working in cancer care um especially for children and women and the other of course was working with children underprivileged children and um and while i was doing this work i would ask questions and ask why the percentage of children with cancer was increasing why were more and more children being born with heart ailments and other um issues health related issues and the constant uh, response from almost all um, people would be especially the doctors would be it's because of environmental degradation so it's most likely because of the quality of water or air or the food that the soil is being grown in that is causing these issues and then of course there is a research that indicates there are very specific regions in the country that have a higher rate of cancer or other ailments due to these environmental um issues and roughly about that time ndtv launched something called the greenathon uh yeah i was ndtv at that time yeah. yes and uh, vikram chandra who's a very dear friend of mine had done a few interviews with me he knew that i was kind of brought up in a a conscious uh, environmentally conscious uh, home and i had some environmental consciousness so he kind of in- invited me to be a part of it and it was roughly around that time that uh, i started interacting with people like bitu sebal who runs sanctuary asia and um, is perhaps one of the biggest champions of nature and one of the greatest champions of nature in our country um then of course right after the reunion we started working on the tiger thorns so i think when we started working on these um things i realized the connection between human health and environmental health and the fact that the 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 discourse on on, on environment or the science was happening in silos it was not really reaching mainstream society there weren't enough people who were a part of mainstream media or mainstream society who were bringing the science or that information that conservationists and protectionists and you know wildlife advocates were working on year on year to people and it was it was then that i that i that i recognized the need to use my voice because i understood the subject i cared deeply about it and um i just uh, doggedly pursued bitu sagar spent lots of time with him 
learned from him spent time in forests learning engaging with other ngos who are in wildlife protection in the country including wildlife trust of india people like vivek menon who is in my book uh, a hero um and uh, learning from them and understanding how government works how policy works and working then on advocating campaigns to people and while we were successful at some of the campaigns so our kids for tigers campaign was very successful we brought a lot of engagement went to a lot of schools did a lot of work started working with wildlife trusts of india very closely started taking people from my industry ceos uh from other industries to the forest started something called club nature where basically we believe in the power of nature to compel action and change people's value systems so just taking these ceos into the forest and letting them experience the forest and then of course discover the conflict that we're living with and then finding solutions along with them was a big high and while all of this was happening a good 6 7 years just went by doing all this advocacy work working with these good people you know working with uh, ndtv and other um, news platforms creating content generating awareness that roughly about then was when unep uh put their uh, india office in place like they officially started their india office of course the united nations is already in india but the unep uh, program was not really active in india at the time at that time uh, they sent me an invitation to be their advocate and i accepted and it's now been about 5 years i think so it's i've learned a lot raj along the way because i've had the opportunity to travel to different countries work with scientists work with all kinds of amazing organizations on the snow leopard program on tiger rehabilitation elephant corridor right of passage different things and uh, i'm also very grateful that i'm seeing like a big shift in the way people perceive think and understand the environment today uh from when i started off like more and more colleagues in the film industry i notice are carrying their own metal bottles so they're ditching the plastic bottle you know the single use plastic bottle um and i remember when i started out doing these things people thought i was nuts <sighs> yeah but i just did it because it's good nuts it's just important to do what you believe in and walk your talk um but we've come a long way raj i mean today i see what alia bhat is doing for animals i see what shraddha kapoor is doing i see what arjun is doing i see so many of the young actors doing so much more than i think my generation or the generation before me ever did for environment and animal protection so it's it's really good to see yeah you said uh, you mentioned using your voice and you just mentioned some names who are doing it but do you think that many are not doing enough i mean it's not just animals right there are so many issues in this world do you think celebrities should use their voice and not enough people are actually doing that i think celebrities have a superpower uh which is their voice 
and I wish more of them used it for climate action and environmental protection and wildlife protection because the fact of the matter is that we are confronted by an existential crisis you know we are in the middle of something so big that human behavior human action human consumption human production has created um and it's not good i mean this virus is actually an outcome of our disconnection with nature and the fact that we've just been rapidly destroying our forests so when it comes to thinking consciously about what it means to live sustainably why is it important to lead sustainable lifestyles why is it why is it important to recognize that we are not apart from nature but we are a part of nature and we need to respect all beings uh just as we want respect for each other i think this is something that every one of us should be fighting harder for because our survival depends on it our health depends on it our well-being depends on it so yeah i find it very odd when people don't fight for better environmental stronger environmental policy to be environmental or it can be on any issue i feel you know the so raj i think right now it's i i know you may think that this is my passion which is why i'm saying this but i don't think we can achieve any social justice without ensuring environmental action because everything like wherever we with climate changing as as rapidly as it is with the frequency and intensity of droughts and floods and all the problems and now the viruses apparently 75% of all viruses are going to be zoonotic in nature like the pandemic like covid-19 uh how can we imagine to have a more equal just fair peaceful world if we don't fix the climate issue okay so i feel like it should be everyone's priority like our first priority should be to be better citizens of our well, planet i may disagree with you there i think it's important to uh focus on climate thing but i think uh many issues i mean there are so many issues that are there and i think yeah, raj you can't be somebody who is taking care of children's rights or children's education i mean i i believe Anything that anything else which is wonderful anybody who does good is great but ignore something yeah i think this is a transformation or a change that we all need to bring into our lives immediately i'm not even saying you need to affect change at a larger level or make a change or make more i, I agree i agree. individual level we need to start like compost your waste you know stop yeah. using single use plastics these are the basic things that we can all do and we should be doing what what are the hurdles you find when you're doing this stuff i mean do you do you get enough support from the state i mean what are the hurdles that you come across it's a combination so when we started out 10 15 years ago i think just convincing people about the reality of climate change was harder today i feel like a lot many more people accept the fact that climate climate is changing it does affect our lives and all of us need to do more to live more sustainably um but i think what remains to be a challenge is funding 
uh, funding for across everything like even for even organizations who are coming up with sustainable uh, products or you know just for across the board on sustainability so that's something that i think you can and will make a big difference the more we the moment we start seeing more funding in that space uh, but individual action has really made a big difference especially children i feel like with the kind of advocacy work kids have done over the last 5 years especially over the last year and a half um it's really brought about a huge social shift thinking shift cultural shift that didn't exist up until even 3 and a half years ago yeah i agree with you i mean i think uh, they influence their parents you know and uh, their parents their grandparents their neighbors yeah. they're doing such great work they're innovative they're thinking they're coming up with solutions or just simply saying no you're listening to a sojcast original original after this browse our lineup on the sojcast app maybe another soj will capture your imagination there now let's get back to this sojcast okay now we are just going to switch and let me have some fun stuff with you So tell me, you've been to some of the uh, part of doing stuff in the wildlife is you also get to go to all the national parks and see animals and things like that. So what's been your best? Which is the best place you've been to? I love India. I think we got the most beautiful forests in the world. There's a lot of diversity in um, the foliage, the, the the wildlife, everything. It's it's it's. We've obviously we've got the world's largest number of one-horn rhinos, tigers, lions, elephants uh, in the wild, and I've had some of the most incredible experiences visiting Ranthambore, Panch, Madhya Pradesh, Panch, Maharashtra, Panna, Jim Corbett, Kaziranga, Kabini, uh, Nagarhole, um, but. When I went to Masai Mara Raj, I don't know whether it's because it is the terrain which is really the Mara, yeah. and the Mara it's open, and the fact that you see a gazillion animals in that open space that just like blows your mind. And I saw all the big five on my first trip. you know from leopards to cheetahs to lions to um wildebeest to uh, giraffe to my god i just saw everything and i was like there is nothing more beautiful in this world than to experience this it's also i guess the oldest continent there's no i i have been to masai mara and i i would tend to agree with you not that i've been to so many places as much as you've been but mara it's amazing i mean for me that is if you ask me if one place you, i would always want to go back yeah that would be the mara you know and uh, it it's it's it shows you how big the universe is because it's you know the land and you feel how small you are in this universe and you know, it suddenly makes you feel how small you are you know you can feel a lot and watching animals in their own habitat Yeah. And I think that's that. something else. But that I feel every time I see a bird in the wild or an insect or a tiger. 
it could be anything and i you know what irritates me raj is when people go on tiger safaris and all they are obsessed with is wanting to spot a tiger and i'm like just enjoy the forest there so much to see i'm a forest person so i i can relate to what you're saying yeah but just being and listening to the sounds there itself Sounds you know yeah. so so tell me in india again i must okay now that you mara is fine but come back to india in india you said all this if there's one place within india you have to put your finger on which one would you go back to again and again and again you know uh i'm not putting you on a spot i'm just trying to see no i know i've been to many of the places you mentioned so i'm just trying to make my next holiday plan um so it's it's really hard to choose because there's uh, the every landscape like i said is so different like when you're in kaziranga you don't spot a tiger easily you know uh because of the nature of the height the height of the grass and everything but there's so much else there that just is beautiful um and then of course there's the CWRC center which i love which is like the animal rescue and rehabilitation center where they rescue all the animals that get trapped in the flooding that happens annually in kaziranga so they've got like these calf, elephant calves and rhino calves and all these baby monkeys raju go mad because you know they're like hand bred they hand fed they're taken care of and then of course they're rewilded they're taken back into um what the wild and it's just so wonderful to see how they do this so for me i think the cwrc center and kaziranga is like very special good so that's my next to do list i you love it you so tell me what do you do to de stress you're always smiling that's one thing about you dia i've met you any time i've met you i've seen you you're always smiling smiling that big smile so what is it what's your what's your mantra i mean how do you manage what do you do to de stress i meditate Okay. I walk bare feet in my garden in the lawn. I meditate. I stay really closely in touch with nature. And then I can deal with human beings. <laughs> yeah. Human beings are the most unpredictable species in this world. <laughs> yeah, the most complicated. You know. <laughs> so um but yeah, I think just exercising regularly Meditation has really transformed my life, Raj. I think that if I hadn't started meditating when I did, I wouldn't have found this purpose that I have, the sense of peace and joy that I get every day. I'm a very touchwood. I'm so satisfied and content with life. And um like I don't feel overburdened or pressured by my dreams. you know i just i just feel like this excitement and the sense of wonder and i can't wait to see them through or, or make watch them unravel into a reality uh i i feel like your sense of self and your balance really improves with meditation it makes a big difference and what makes you happy what the smallest of things the simplest of things i actually don't need a reason to be happy i'm just happy you are a happy person yeah wonderful on that note dia thank you so much for speaking uh, coming on this live chat and speaking your heart out and it was wonderful and to get to know so many things you are doing i mean i can sit and just i was just sitting and listening to you and i was mesmerized the way you were speaking and talking so passionately about what you do and uh, i wish you all the best in all your future endeavors and uh, thank you so much. thank you for having me it's been such a pleasure i didn't feel like i was uh... 
this is just a lovely conversation and you took me back to places and at times in my life that i haven't revisited in a long time so it was really nice thank you thank you dia you're a wonderful person and i love you bye i love you too bye 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 thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this soulcast what is your soul send us your comments on our facebook page and instagram page it's time for you to do your own soulcast at soulcast apni soch duniya ko sunao soulcast